I recently taught a retreat and I used the analogy of a road trip. When you go on a road trip, there are certain elements. There is the starting point where you are. There is the destination where you want to go. There is you as the driver, which is your identity. There is the vehicle, which is your body. There are your suitcases, what you're taking with you on your trip. There's fuel, that's the gas that is going to help you take action. And there are optionally the passengers that are by your side. And as I was thinking about this analogy, I realized that through coaching over the last 10 years and getting a front seat into people's brains, I've noticed some common mistakes that we all make on the journey of life. This is Donna Skoglund, and you are listening to The Pleasure Project Podcast, episode 128. Welcome to this bonus episode, and I'm taking this teaching today straight from a workshop, actually a day retreat that I recently led, and it's all about the 11 mistakes that I see people make on the journey of life, and these are the mistakes that slow you down, that get in the way of you creating the life you want, feeling the way you want, and ultimately achieving your goals. I'm going to go through these mistakes one by one, and I'm also going to give you some questions to journal on, to reflect on. So you might want to grab a journal and have it handy, and you can also just write down these questions and come back to them afterwards. The first mistake is driving while looking at the rear view mirror. So what this looks like is we use our past against us. We use our past to determine what we can accomplish in the future. And if you've had a trauma in your past, maybe you've had a bad relationship or you've had a massive failure in your career that you're afraid to move forward and try again, maybe again, try a new relationship, try and really go for it in your business or in your work because you're afraid of the past repeating itself. Now, the problem with this is that the more you are living from fear and you're actually looking for evidence of the past repeating itself, the more you will actually create that. And human beings are by nature past focus, because the way that our brain works is our brain is always looking for pattern recognition. So we only know what we've experienced before. And in each moment, our brain is seeing, okay, how does this fit into my model of reality? How is this like something I've experienced before? And so in order to create something new, we have to be willing to imagine something new and focus on something that we haven't experienced yet. And that takes effort, that takes work, because the default for our brain is to look at the past. So the question I want you to reflect on and maybe journal on is, what is a dream you have for your future that maybe you've dismissed as unrealistic or impossible? And why? Why do you think it's impossible? Why do you think it's unrealistic for you? And what you might find when you answer that question is because you haven't achieved it before, or maybe you've failed in the past, but that does not have to determine your future unless 
you let it. The second mistake is you're driving with one foot on the gas and the other on the brake. And what this looks like is you say you want something. For example, let's say you want to lose weight, but you keep eating the foods that prevent you from losing weight. You keep making the same poor eating choices that you have in the past. And the reason why we do this is not because you're weak, you don't have discipline. It is because of your subconscious programming. Now think about your conscious mind, which is 5% of what drives us. The conscious mind is the part of you that wants to lose weight. It's the part of you that sets goals and that understands that certain you have to take certain actions to be able to achieve that desired result. It understands logic. But again, it's 5%. So that five, it's like 5% pressure on the gas. But then there's your unconscious mind, which is based on the programming of your past, which runs 95% of your thoughts, feelings, actions, habits, identity, beliefs, and 95% of the pressure is on the brake. Now, your conscious mind is no, it's no contest, right? And so what happens is when we don't address our subconscious programming, we continue to stay stuck in the same behaviors and the same habitual patterns, and it creates a lot of frustration, and we don't make progress, so then we start to lose belief that progress is even possible. And then we reinforce that belief by continuing to prove it true over and over and over again. So this is why it is so important to bring what's unconscious into conscious awareness, find out exactly what is happening that has us repeating these behaviors and change it so that we can actually start moving towards our goals, take the foot off the gas and put all the pressure on, or sorry, take the foot off the brake and put all the pressure on the gas. And you move forward so much faster when you get your unconscious mind on board. And that is the, that is the coaching that I do. The third mistake is, let's say you decide to go on a trip, a road trip, and you decide on the destination and you get in the car and you start driving. Along the way, there's a roadblock. Maybe there's some construction. Now, instead of trying to find another way there, you turn around and you go back home. So what this looks like is when we take two steps forward and two steps back. And when we quit, when we stop trying, we stop moving forward, we hit some sort of obstacle, whether it's an external obstacle, something happens in our life, maybe... I don't know, there's something that happens in the world or in our family or at our work, and we use it as a reason to stop moving towards what we want, and then we revert back to the safety of our comfort zone. And then we decide, okay, I do want to actually go on to that place again, and we get in the car and we start driving, but then we hit another roadblock and we turn around and we go back home. And it feels like beating your head against the wall and just finding yourself in the same place over and over and over again. And again, this is the unconscious programming that I mentioned before, but also it is our inability to navigate challenging emotions because any journey, especially one that is uncertain and new and different, 
is going to come with a lot of emotional discomfort. There's going to be emotional resistance because our subconscious brain just wants to maintain homeostasis. It just wants us to have status quo and keep doing what we're always doing because it feels very safe. It feels familiar. And this is why we choose the pain we know over the pain we don't know, even if it's something that we want. But when you learn how to handle your emotions, how to process, how to regulate, how to calm your nervous system, then you create internal safety while you get out of your safety zone, out of your comfort zone. Because if you don't do this, you just keep getting in your own way. You just keep preventing your own progress by stopping. You stop yourself. You self-sabotage. And then, again, it's that same vicious cycle of losing belief and feeling like it's not possible and then repeating the past over and over and over again. The fourth mistake is rubbernecking. And this is when we pay so much attention to what's happening in other people's cars, or maybe we're even comparing our car with the car next to us. And we compare and despair. And then we start to create a whole narrative around being less than and inadequate. And for a long time, I was doing this. I was telling myself that You know, I'm not where I should be. I should be further ahead. And so I felt like I was, quote unquote, behind or I'm slower. There must be something wrong with me that I'm not there yet, like the person next to me, like this person that I'm comparing myself to, which is ridiculous because we compare ourselves to a select few and the only the ones that are ahead of us, not the ones that are maybe in the same place as us or behind us. But when we compare ourselves to either someone that's ahead of us or our own ideal, which we'll never arrive at because we're always going to raise our own ideals, then it feels terrible and we lose confidence. So this is a problem with how you are measuring yourself. And when we measure ourselves in that way, it actually just creates more procrastination, more hiding, more inaction, and we reinforce this belief that we are behind or we're slower or we're not X enough. We prove it true over and over and over again. So this is why it's so important that you measure yourself appropriately. And and I don't mean ever measuring yourself against anyone else. It's being in your own race, and measuring yourself from the starting point. So every step of the way, you take a moment, you turn around, and you look at how far you've come. And that will always help you feel more confident and help you feel more accomplished and proud and give you more fuel for continuing to move forward and continuing to reinforce that you are progressing. You are you know, getting closer and closer to where you want to go. The fifth mistake is driving while looking at your phone. And what this means is that you are not being present and paying attention to your life. 
So there are a few ways that I've seen this come up in coaching. And one common way is when we meddle in other people's lives so we don't have to look at our own. So for example, I had a client who was always, you know, so focused on the things that her sister was doing wrong or her mother was doing wrong or other people are doing wrong. And it was really, truly, so obviously a way for her not to look at the things that she was not addressing in her own life. So how are you doing that? How are you actually distracting yourself from your own life? So because there's something that you are unwilling to look at or to feel. And this also goes for distracting ourselves from our own emotions, from our own emotional discomfort, which 50% of the time we're going to experience unpleasant emotions. That is just a fact of life. And distracting yourself means you spend time when you're in those uncomfortable emotions, numbing or escaping. That could be using food or alcohol or drugs, or shopping, or scrolling, or overworking, possibly even cleaning. Things that on the outside look like positive behaviors, but you're doing them from a place of wanting to avoid how you're feeling emotionally. So instead of addressing the emotion, you're just trying to cover it up and seek either instant gratification or just busy yourself. Now, again, this is not because there's anything wrong with you. This is because humans bra- human brains have a tendency to value instant gratification over long-term rewards. So when the brain perceives pain, and this could be emotional pain, emotional discomfort, it sees it as a threat, and the instinct is to move away from the pain. So We live in a modern culture that has so many of these instant gratifications so readily available. It's so easy to just eat some food or pour a glass of wine or pick up your phone. And when we do these things, we get a dose of dopamine. We get to feel pleasure in the moment. We get a little bit of that numbing of the uncomfortable emotion. So we get the reward of getting relief. And the problem is the more you do this, the more you engage in those behaviors that give us that dopamine hit, we actually get less pleasure because dopamine downregulates. So we get less pleasure. But not only that, we actually experience more discomfort of craving. And that distraction, while, you know, initially it could feel good, it actually, we actually end up feeling worse because then we just engage in these behaviors to no longer feel the discomfort of the craving. Because the craving, we haven't learned how to deal with that. We haven't learned how to manage our own urges and process our emotions and regulate our nervous system. So we end up living a really limited life to avoid all this discomfort. And then we also get it, we also layer on these numbing and distracting behaviors that have their own consequences that create additional problems for us to have to solve. So where are you doing that in your own life? How are you distracting yourself? What do you do to numb or escape? 
And what is that costing you? And really, it is this inability to handle those unpleasant emotions and be with whatever is happening on an emotional level in every single moment. And let me tell you, this is a skill. This is a skill we all need to learn and is the skill that will allow you to break these habits, to stop engaging in these self-sabotaging behaviors and to move towards what you want without slowing yourself down and getting in your own way. The next mistake is you're taking, you're carrying a suitcase, a backpack filled with heavy rocks. Now these heavy rocks are the heavy rocks of disempowering beliefs about yourself. It's narratives that are really negative. This is all about your own identity, your self-concept, your self-image. And again, this is when we use our past against us. We just say, well, you know, I'm just not good at X. I'm just the kind of person who X. And so we keep repeating that. We keep reinforcing that. We keep looking for evidence that we are just this kind of person because that is literally the lens that we look at ourselves through and we look at our lives through. So we don't dream bigger. We don't allow ourselves to imagine the impossible because we have an identity that is so limiting. And we have all these disempowering thoughts that weigh us down. So what are the narratives that you have about yourself? What are you telling yourself that is the reason why you can't have what you want or you can't achieve the goals or the dreams that you desire? The seventh mistake is you're trying to get somewhere without gas. And what this looks like is you've actually, you're, you're out of the car and you're trying to push the car with sheer force. This is white knuckling. This is forcing. This is putting a lot of pressure on yourself. This is trying to like just get yourself to do something and, with willpower. And sometimes that works. Sometimes you can muster up some willpower and sometimes it doesn't. And when I say gas, I'm talking about emotions because emotions are literally the fuel for our lives. Our emotions drive our actions. These emotions are why you do or don't do anything. So when you don't create emotional fuel for the journey that you're on, for the goals that you have, for the desires you have, if you don't create those emotions in your body so that you continue to move forward from those emotions, you are not going to get there. It's just not going to work. Or the journey is going to suck. It's going to be filled with so much pressure. It's going to be stressful. You're going to end up wasting a lot of time procrastinating because you're not going to be able to get yourself to do it. And then you will continue to tell yourself stories and create identities based on that. And I hear this all the time and people will tell me, you know, I can't do this because I'm just not motivated. And what we don't understand is motivation is something you can cultivate. You can generate the emotions that will drive you towards the goals you have. And this, again, this is a practice. This is a skill. This is something that is so invaluable to learn 
because emotions are the fuel for our for every part of our lives. So when you think about something that you want, but you feel like you do, you don't have the fuel, you haven't aligned your emotions with taking those actions. You haven't created and generated the emotion. What is that? Where are you not creating the emotional fuel in your life? So the next mistake is you're draining your battery. And this is, this looks like not taking the time to rest and recover. So either you're pushing your body too hard, you're just maybe not sleeping enough, you're not decompressing enough, you're not just relaxing enough, or maybe it's just an overstimulation of your brain. Maybe there's overconsumption, overconsumption of information, whether that is just social media or TV, or maybe you're just even overconsuming educational things and you're filling your brain or you're just ruminating. You're ruminating and you're spinning in your mind and you're actually wearing yourself out mentally and exhausting yourself with a lot of unhelpful thoughts. So this could, again, look like physical burnout. It could look like emotional burnout. Physical burnout does come from emotional burnout, but it is a result of a lack of self-care and at managing your own energy. And again, this is because we live in a culture that values work over rest, and we base our worth on our productivity. This is really, we're so, all of us are conditioned for this. This is society. This is not you. But when we don't actually do something about this, if we don't actually take a stand for what we need and for prioritizing self-care and rest and recovery, Our health suffers, but every part of our life suffers. Our relationships suffer because we are strained and we are irritable and we are short-tempered and we don't show up in the way that we want to. Our work suffers because we can't focus as well. We don't have the brain power to think at a high level and to create value in our work. So this is huge. So take a moment and ask yourself the question, what does this look like for you specifically? How are you not taking care of your energy, whether that's physical or mental or both? And usually it's both because they're connected. When you're overstimulating your mind or you're overthinking, then you're probably not resting your body. And so we want to be able to, again, take time to decompress, to make sure we're prioritizing good quality sleep, which means giving ourselves enough downtime at the end of the day to prepare our bodies and minds for sleep. But it also looks like throughout the day taking breaks and recharging and not overdoing anything, even exercise. So the ninth mistake is you are ignoring things that are breaking down. So you're driving along and then maybe some sort of warning light comes on or you need to get your oil changed and that light comes on and you just don't want to deal with it because you just don't want to take the time and it feels a little bit annoying and it feels like something that you just don't want it maybe too complicated to figure it out or you don't want to pay for it. Whatever it is, you just then put your head in the sand. I used to do this with my expenses. 
I used to refuse to look at my expenses. And at the time, my husband was handling all of our finances and my finances too, my business's finances. So I was like, oh, I don't need to worry about that because somebody is doing that for me. And he's responsible. I knew he was making sure all the bills were getting paid. But I was not... I, I was not taking charge and I was overspending and I was just ignoring it. Didn't want to deal with it. That has since changed. <laughs> I now look at it all the time, every single week. I am very aware. But what are you ignoring? And it could be ignoring things that are not working in your body. It could be ignoring things that are not working in your relationships, in your work, in your finances. Where are you putting your head in the sand? And that comes from a fear of what will happen if you actually look, if you actually address it. And maybe you have you think it's going to be too hard or it's going to cost too much money or there's nothing you can do about it, whatever it is that you believe. If you keep operating from that level, it will continue to get worse. So in Ayurveda, the stages of disease are set, they're said to be seven stages of disease. And the first stage of disease are just symptoms. For example, let's say you have some gas or maybe a little bit of heartburn, or there's maybe a weird skin rash, some symptom that in our culture, we have been conditioned to just go to the pharmacy and get some sort of thing to manage symptoms and take a pill and a Band-Aid, whatever Band-Aid solution there is just to cover up the symptom. Now, according to Ayurveda, if you don't get to the root cause of this, if you continue to repeat the cause of it, whatever it is that you're doing that's creating the problem, there is going to be an accumulation of that disease in the body. And as it moves through all the stages from one to seven, it gets more deeply anchored in the body until it becomes irreversible until you can actually diagnose it. And at that point, it's too late. So we don't want to ignore the little things, the little things that are just not working. And maybe it's a lack of boundary setting, or it is some sort of weird thing happening in your body that you just don't want to deal with. If you continue to not deal with it, there will be a point where it's so big that it actually becomes a crisis. And then you will have no choice but to address it. And there's a great quote that the universe will give you all these basically red flags. And if you don't pay attention, if you don't press pause, the universe will press pause for you. And you will be forced to. And often then, you know, we, we don't want to take the time initially, but then it actually takes so much longer. So what are you, where are you doing this? The 10th mistake is you're letting people in the passenger seat drive your car. This looks like people pleasing. This looks like saying yes when you want to say no, over committing yourself, over scheduling yourself. Maybe you are being the martyr at home or at work and taking on other people's work because you don't want to have the uncomfortable conversation. Maybe you're doing that at home. I'm doing this with my kids often where I'll just clean up after them because it's in that moment, 
easier for me to clean up after them than it is for me to actually start to discipline them and teach them to clean up after themselves. So it's ways that you are not honoring your needs, your desires, and your boundaries. And this is really an avoidance of the discomfort, the discomfort of an uncomfortable conversation. Maybe it is the effort that will it will take to change something and not wanting to put in that effort. But the problem is, again, in the moment, it feels easier not to address it, to just say yes, or to just keep doing what you always do. But it leads to a lot of resentment. It leads to regret. And it leads to living your life for other people and not yourself. And sometimes we have a fear of disappointing others or letting other people down. So what we do is we just disappoint ourselves and we let ourselves down because it seems easier, but it's not. It's uncomfortable both ways. One is a life lived that for you and one is a life lived for others. So you get to decide. They're both hard. And so the final mistake is speeding. And this is specifically for all you high achievers, you know who you are, where you are in a rush to get to where you want to go. You have your foot, you've got a heavy foot on the gas, and you are just trying to get there as quickly as possible. And ironically, you always feel late. (laughs) And there's a lot of stress. And your nervous system is so dysregulated that maybe there's a lot of anxiety and it comes from this false belief that I'll be able to relax once I'm there or I'll be able to enjoy my life once I'm there or I'll be happy when. So what is your I'll be happy when? Fill in the blank. I'll be happy when X. Where are you in a rush? And why are you rushing? What do you think will be so much better? Because the truth is, it's not. It's 50-50. It's 50-50 here. It's 50-50 there. And it's 50-50 every step of the journey. But the cost of rushing is that you're not enjoying the now. And you have the, will have the mindset of not of being in a rush all the way till you get there. And then once you get there, you will still be in a rush because then there will be the next goal. And then you'll have to rush to that one. And then you'll set another goal and you'll rush to that one. And then you will live your life stressed out and anxiety ridden and unsatisfied and unhappy. And this is something, if you've been listening to this podcast a while, that you know that this is part of my pleasure project. This is part of my work. This is a pattern that I absolutely have, and I have really been working on slowing down and giving myself permission to take my time and actually find pleasure in the process and be more relaxed about everything and to truly recognize that it's not better here than there. And maybe right now is the best, is the best, is everything that I want is available to me right now. I can feel the way I want to feel right now. And I can create the life I want right now. And so these are all, all of these mistakes are the things that we learn and we address and we talk about in the Pleasure Project program and in my one-on-one coaching. 
And the solution to all of these is truly learning how to change that subconscious programming, to process your emotions, to calm your nervous system, to be able to believe in something new and to align your identity and your beliefs and your thoughts and your feelings and your actions with the goals and the desires that you have for your life. These are all skills, skills that you can learn so that you can stop getting in your own way, so that you can stop slowing yourself down and holding yourself back from not only achieving the goals, but actually living the life that you want and feeling the way that you want right now. And the retreat that I taught this at was was all about finding the balance between being and becoming. So being happy now, being present now, being able to find peace in every moment, even the challenging ones, even in the midst of intense discomfort, while you are becoming more, because we all have unlimited capacity in our lives. We all have so much more ability and potential than we will ever know. And if you're listening to this, you know that. You know that you are capable of more in your life. And that drive, that calling, that yearning for more, we want to answer that. We want to move towards the things we desire because that is how we grow and evolve as people. But we don't want to do that at the expense and the cost of finding joy and happiness and satisfaction and fulfillment right now. And the truth is you can have both and that is a life well lived. So if that sounds good to you, make sure you join the Pleasure Project podcast, sorry, the Pleasure Project program waitlist because the doors are opening for early enrollment in a few weeks. October 13th through 15th is when we have a three-day early enrollment period. So make sure you join that waitlist and keep your eyes peeled on your inbox for information all about that. And I hope this special bonus episode was helpful and you were able to identify some of the mistakes and the way that you're making these in your own life so that you can start to change them because it all starts with awareness. Have an awesome week and I'll talk to you soon.